0: It is extremely easy to become distracted during the Christmas season. There is so much that can occupy our time and our thoughts during Christmas. There are many things that can occupy our time, such as putting up the tree, last minute shopping, hosting and attending parties, and not to mention all the special events that are taking place in the life of the church. There's also many things that can occupy our thoughts. We might focus on Christmas's past and just remember what it was like when the children were young and experiences that we had and have a time of nostalgia. Or we might be looking to the future and thinking about all that lies before and anticipating our children returning home and being able to to visit with family and extended family During the Christmas season, we can watch Christmas movies, sing Christmas carols, bake Christmas cookies, and all the time fail to truly reflect on the significance of Christ's birth. Focus on so many things. This morning, I want us to look at the wonderful example of the shepherds as they focused their attention on the significance of Christ's birth at the first Christmas. In order to to get a better grasp of that, the first thing I want us to note is that the shepherds kept the significance of Christ's birth central despite all the potential distractions that they encountered that first Christmas night. I'm picking up the text at Luke chapter 2, verse 8. I want you to think about all the things that could have distracted the shepherds from the message of the angel. First, they were frightened out of their wits. Look at verse 8. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them And the glory of the Lord shone about them, and they were filled with great fear. Filled with great fear. King James, they were sore afraid. Scared out of their wits. Shaking in their boots. I don't know if you try to put yourself in their experience, but just imagine being outside, a nice starry, But yet, very dark night, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, an angel appears, and you are engulfed in this supernatural light. It says that they were filled with fear. Filled with fear. Nothing but fear left in them is the idea. They were terrified. Then the angel speaks. And the angel says, Fear not. Okay? Literal translation, stop being afraid. Easier said than done. Okay? You just don't turn that off uh, in a snap of the fingers. Stop being afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Then, right after the angel speaks, a huge angelic army appears to them out of nowhere. Luke 2.13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. So the angel says to them stop being afraid, immediately goes into this statement of how a savior is to be born who is Christ the Lord. So think with me about that transition of stop being afraid and then listen to this message. Uh, I am told that it is a wise thing if you are going to the doctor uh, for a consultation, especially if you are going to receive bad news that you take someone with you. For immediately upon hearing that you have cancer, or that your heart is diseased, many times people just stop listening to everything else that is said and focus on that one thought. I have cancer, I have heart disease, and everything else just kinda goes over their head. So it's good to have somebody else with you that can tell you everything else that the doctor said after that. I'm saying to you it had been very easy for the angels to, excuse me, for the shepherds not to have listened to the message once they had seen the angel and they had experienced the engulfment in the light. It took discipline to stop being afraid and to listen. And then they hear the message And as soon as the message is over, suddenly, immediately thereafter, there is this huge heavenly army, again, out of nowhere, speaking as one, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And then, just as quickly as they appeared, everything disappears. They go away into heaven... They're back in the dark and they start speaking among themselves. Now again, put yourself in their shoes if you can. Just imagine what that had been like. And ask yourself, what might you have been talking about when that's over? Were you as scared as I was? Have you ever seen anything like that? Where did that light come from? Wasn't that angelic army incredible? Didn't that just shen shivers up and down your spine? What did they talk about? Well, we don't have to imagine. The text tells us what they talked about. Notice verse 15. When the angels went away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known unto us. They're talking about the message. They're talking about what had just been said. Note that they're not talking about the stupendous events. They're not talking about angels. They're not talking about light. They're not talking about all the circumstances surrounding. They're talking about what they heard the message. That was what they kept central And more amazing than that, if you look at verse 15, it says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord... I'd encourage you to circle that if you make notations in your Bible. The Lord has made known unto us. You would think, at least I would think, that it would say, which the angels told us which the angel or the angels told us for that's who they heard it from but that's not what they said they said which the Lord had made known to us they understood that the angels were instruments that the message wasn't their message the message was God's message and they took it as that they took it as the word of God had been declared unto them. And they believed it. And they received it. And they focused on God's message. And not all the other superintending surrounding events. And they focused on the privilege that they had to have this revelation made to them. Notice the end of verse 15. Let's go over to Bethlehem, see this thing which happened, which the Lord has made known to us, made known, to revealed to us. Not just having heard, but having been fully declared. What a privilege the shepherds had in receiving this message. And They kept the message central. I submit to you that we need to learn from the angels and be sure that all the attending circumstances of Christmas is not what we focus our attention upon. Not all the trappings, as wonderful as they are, not as all the experiences, as significant as they are, but the truth of the message that a Savior has been born. Many are the events that can distract us from Christmas, but we need to focus on that message. Secondly, the shepherds kept the significance of Christ birth central in speaking of what had taken place. So we find in verse 15, they decided to go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass. So they had faith. They believed what they had heard because they believed it came from God. Namely, that a baby was born. They believed the sign. You will see this sign. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. They believed that. So they went to Bethlehem to see the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So we pick up at verse 16. And with haste. And they went with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, now this... They made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And I'm focusing on those words. They made known the saying that had been told him. Note that the shepherds did not talk about their own experience in hearing of the birth of the child, they did not make the message about themselves. And they didn't even make the message about all of these supernatural events that took place. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't mention them. I, I think they probably did. For it explained how they heard the truth about this baby. But the point is that the text focuses on the saying. Verse 17. They made known the saying. They made known, they declared, what God had communicated to them through the angel. What God had said about Jesus. Not the light, not the shepherd, uh, excuse me, not the angel, not the heavenly host, not all the supernatural, but on the statement that a Savior had been born. And the people who had heard had various responses, as we heard from Pastor Cruz. We have uh, the people wondered at what the shepherds told him. Mary valued what she heard and took to heart. For verse 19 says, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Application We have the privilege and duty, since the message is made known to us, of making the significance of Christ's birth known. And we can talk a lot about Christmas without ever getting around to talking about the fact that a Savior is born. We can talk about the busyness. We can talk about buying gifts. We can talk about how beautiful the tree is. We can talk about events that are gonna happen. We can talk about church services gonna take place. We can talk about baking cookies. We can talk about how busy the internet is and trying to get on, we can talk about a host of things without ever talking about a savior being born. May we be careful this Christmas season that in all of our speaking about Christmas, all of which is appropriate, all of which is good, but may our ultimate focus be on a savior is born. You know, everyone who were gathered around that night knew that there was a baby lying in a manger. They knew he was wrapped in swaddling clothes Well, they didn't know who he was, who Jesus was. They didn't understand the significance of this baby that was just born. They got the circumstances, they got the the humble setting, but what was important for them to know was, a savior has been born. And I would just submit to you that we're gonna encounter a lot of people this Christmas season who know a lot about Christmas. They know about the trees. They know about the lights. They know about pageants and hosting parties. And you know, many will be able even to tell details of the Christmas story. A lot of people know that there was a bright light that night. That there were shepherds. And people have gone to so many Christmas events, a lot of people raised in the church, saw Christmas programs. Many were shepherds themselves. And they know about a baby being born. But there are a lot of people who don't understand the significance of that birth. Who Jesus really was, the God-man. The Savior of all those who place their faith and trust in him. That good news. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this night in the city of David a Savior. Who is Christ. The Lord. Christ, that anointed one, that Messiah. The Lord, God. A Savior. That's what people need to know. And that's what we need to talk about during this Christmas season. And then thirdly, the shepherds kept the significance of Christ's birth central in their rejoicing and praise. When the shepherds returned to their fields, they were rejoicing, uh, glorifying, praising God. Look at verse 220. And the shepherds returned, that is, They return to their fields. They return to their flocks. They return to their business, if you will. They return, but they return differently. For they return glorifying and praising God. I hope that when you go to work tomorrow, you are still glorifying and praising God. I hope it doesn't end with this service. I hope it doesn't end... With the singing of the final hymn. But we continue to rejoice. And glorify. And praise God. But what I want to focus in upon. Is what is the cause. Of the glorifying and praising God. Look at verse 220 and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for or because of result of all that they had heard and seen all that they had heard and seen note that what they had heard takes precedence it's referred to first it is given to us in an order of priority they're rejoicing in everything that they had heard this message, a Savior is born, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddled in clothes, lying in a manger. That's what they focused on, what they heard. And then it says, and what they had seen. For all that they had heard and seen. Now, what are they rejoicing in seeing? Consistently, it's not in seeing the angel. It's not in seeing the light. It's not in seeing the heavenly host. And you might ask the question, how can you be so dogmatic? <laughs> how can you be so certain? How, how can you speak so authoritatively that that's not what they are rejoicing in seeing when it says that they're rejoicing in all that they had seen and heard. Answer the last phrase of the sentence. Notice verse 20. The angels returned glorifying, praising God for all that they had heard and seen. And now this, as it had been told them. So what they're rejoicing in is what they had heard and what they had seen that was in keeping with what they heard. So what they are rejoicing in seeing is the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. That's what they were focusing on. They had seen this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And why were they rejoicing in that? Because, end of verse 20, as it had been told them, the angel said, this will be a sign unto you. This will be a demonstration of the reality of what I have just said. Namely, that unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign. This shall be a proof. This will be an assurance to you. This will be the evidence. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And they made haste. And they went to see this babe lying in a manger. And the text tells us That when they had seen it, verse uh, 17, and when they saw it, that is the babe lying in a manger, they made known the saying that had been told them by the child. So you see, their cause of glorifying and praising God It is because of the truth of what they heard. It wasn't just a marvelous declaration. It was truth. It was real. It wasn't just a story. They're glorifying and praising God because a Savior was born. Savior, who is Christ the Lord. You see, for our glorifying and praising God to be real, to be authentic, to be genuine, it has to be accompanied by belief. If our rejoicing is going to have any kind of reality to it. It's because we believe what the Word of God says. A Saviour is born. Otherwise, everything else is contrived. Everything is momentary. All right? All the Christmas joy and and the good feelings really mean nothing. If it isn't true that a Savior has been born. But it is true. It is true. A Savior had been born. And then lastly in verse 20, it says, as it had been told them, as it had been told them, that they had the privilege of receiving that message, which I emphasized earlier in the passage. It says, which had been made known to them, revealed to them. They had this understanding of this privilege that God had done this supernatural work of bringing them to faith. That was the the reason for the angel. That was the reason for the fear. That was the reason for the light. It was all As the grace of God in authenticating and bringing these shepherds to faith. And I say to you that one great cause of rejoicing needs to be for us number one, we have heard this message, we know why Jesus came, we understand. Who Jesus was we get what Christmas is all about we understand the tree we understand the lights we understand the candles we understand that it's all a celebration that Jesus who is Christ the Lord and Savior has been born but not only do we understand the message We believe it. We believe it. And that is the grace of God. That is the goodness of God. That He shone (laughs) forth that light into our hearts and bring us to faith. Jesus is going to ask His disciples and say, Who do men say that I am? And Peter answers, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah or the prophet. He saith unto him, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus says, blessed art thou, Simon Barjonah. for flesh and blood has not revealed that unto you but God. Peter, you are blessed because you you understand that not because of what somebody told you. You understand that by the grace of God. Many will hear the message of Christmas. Praise God that not only we understand it, but we believe it. Because a savior has been born. And he has saved us. Thank you God. For my salvation. And may we continue to keep. The significance of that salvific work of Christ. Central. Central. This Christmas season. Central in our thoughts central in our conversations and most of all central in our worship and our joy in our glorifying god for the salvation that's real and has been accomplished in our own lives let's pray almighty god we thank you for the truth that a Savior has been born, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Thank you, our Father, for the privilege of hearing that message, of being told of our need of a Savior, and how Jesus is that one and only Savior. And thank you not only that we have heard that message, but we have believed it. Thank you for the grace that you have given to us. Thank you for opening our hearts and lives. For the miracle of belief. Thank you for what you have done for us. May we glorify you. May we praise you for sending a Savior who indeed has saved us. And in return, O oh God, may we think about our Savior. May we speak of our Savior, and may we glorify you for our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray, amen.